encountering the texture of the text of God's Word, text and context. Yeah, I'm trying. Well, you were talking to me, so it's your fault. <laughs> it's true. He was up there at the podium. I was at the podium at the time, and then he was. I was chatting with him. Everybody, nobody, nobody paid any attention. That's right. That's right. Well, I I got distracted. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and start my Bible class. Uh, you know those stereotypes about long-winded preachers, so I'm just going to lean into that this morning. No, uh, this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Last week, I promised we would talk about new heavens, new earth. And I think this is really super duper important. So uh, it's, it's, uh, there's more than I could possibly say about it. I think it's something we don't talk about enough. Uh, and once I really kind of discovered like, you know, that this is like, you know, in the Bible, <laughs> I was like, how long have they been hiding this from me, right? Oh yeah, new heavens, new earth. Yeah, last week, I, so we're in Mark, but I'm gonna. I'm, this relates to something I want to say about the text where we're in in Mark. So I'm gonna talk about new heavens, new earth, uh, because uh, I just think it's super important in general. A, B, it kind of relates to what I want to talk about in Mark. So I'm gonna spend some time on it. Um, forgive my allergies. Oh my goodness, the weather is ridiculous. <laughs> it's hot and then it's cold, and then it's hot and then it's cold, and then it's wet and then it's dry. And... It's all sorts of fun stuff. So, um, Let me begin with a prayer, and then I'm going to show a video, because, I mean, videos are great. And then we'll talk about new heavens, new earth. So, let me pray. Our Father in heaven, we give you thanks, we give you praise. Thank you that you are our Father and we are your children. We just pray that you would help us to evermore embrace that identity, that we are your children and you are our Father. Thank you that because of your son, Jesus, we are adopted as your children. We pray that as we study your word this morning, as we open your word, that you would open also our heart, our head, and our hands. In Jesus' name, amen. So this video is by the Bible Project. You've heard me uh, talk about, sorry, you've heard me talk about them a lot. Uh, I really, I, I love the Bible Project. Uh, great resources. They have a great app on your phone. Uh, so if you do the thing where you read the Bible through in a year, this correlates to that, and they have all their little videos cued into that. You can do the reading and everything on that. It's, it's great, and it's all free, too. So uh, I'll say more about some of their free resources because there's one thing in particular I want to point you to that they do that's just tremendously excellent. But this is their theme video on heaven and earth, and I think it just really sums up everything I want to try to say really succinctly in one video. So I'm going to show you the video, and then I'll give my attempt to explain it with my spark notes. So go ahead and play it, Alex. You can donate, by the way. Yeah, you can donate. And Earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space. So I understand our space really well. We live here. There's trees, rivers, mountains. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's space, which is basically inconceivable to us. So these are two very different types of spaces. Yes, they're, they're different in their nature, but here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die, but... This idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that. Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all 
about how they were once fully united and then driven apart, and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's go back to the beginning, where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping. Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwell together perfectly, no separation, and, and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on. But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out, and we wanted to create a world apart from him. Yeah, so we have these two spaces now. And the Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a clear distinction. So you said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works. Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other was this massive building made by Solomon. And these temples were decorated with fruit trees and flowers and images of angels and all kinds of gold and jewels and so on. And these are designed to make you feel like you're going back to the garden. And at the center of the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, which was like the hot spot of God's presence. Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this? Yeah, the, the idea is this. Animal sacrifices, somehow they absorb the sin when the animal dies in your place. And it creates a clean space, so to speak, where you are now free to enter into the temple and be in God's presence. Okay, so if I'm an Israelite and I live in Jerusalem, I might be able to be in God's presence. But you said the story of the Bible is all of heaven and earth reuniting. Right, so we have to keep going in the story where we come to Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, we hear this claim that God became human in Jesus and made his dwelling among us. Now this word dwelling is really curious. It, literally it means he set up a tabernacle among us. And so what John is claiming right here is that Jesus is a temple. He is now the place where heaven and earth overlap. What's interesting about Jesus is that he isn't staying in this safe, clean space. He's running around hanging out with sinners. He's healing people of their sicknesses and forgiving people of their sins. He's basically creating little pockets of heaven where people can be in God's presence, but he's doing it out there in the middle of the world of sin and death. And he keeps telling everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he even told his followers to pray regularly that God's kingdom come and that his will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. But a lot of people are threatened by Jesus and they kill him, which seems to spoil this whole plan to reunite heaven. But we, we have to go back to a scene earlier on in Jesus' story where John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Behold, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus isn't just talked about as being a temple. He's also talked about as being the temple sacrifice. 
And so, so the cross is now the place where Jesus absorbs sin to create a clean space that is not limited like animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more of heaven and earth. And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is, what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's face to be with Jesus? Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament, we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die, but that is not the focus of the Bible's story. The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation, we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. We believe the best way to understand the Bible is to look at its overall narrative. So we're going to do this by taking individual themes and tracing... I really love this video. I go back and watch this, like, a lot, uh, just to help get my mind around this. Um, what did you think? Let me just ask that. I can tell you what I think, and I'm sure it's a brilliant insight, but what do you, what do you think? Helpful, unhelpful, completely, like, out of the blue, like, oh my goodness, what is this heresy, or like... Yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, That's not a topic that really interests me much. No, no, new heavens, new earth. Yeah, yeah. No, not millennialism. No! We'll get, hey, we'll get to the Revelation text, and I'll make a brief comment about that. But um, very fleeting comment. I always think about that scripture. It says, it does not appear what we shall be, but we'll all be changed. Yeah. I like that scripture. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Yes, so of course I was talking about the resurrection. And I'll talk about this more in a moment, but the resurrection for me is what really did it as far as selling me on the idea of new heavens, new earth. Because the logic of it, I mean, it, it holds. right? If you have a resurrection body, you have to have somewhere to inhabit with that resurrection body. We're not just floating off in space as these fat angel cherub babies. right? Like you got to have some sort of space to inhabit. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a second. Anybody else? I like the colors. You know, it does the, the teal and the, uh, was it pink? And then whenever they come together for heaven and earth, it's, it's purple. It's, it's a simple but brilliant little illustration. I love it. Uh, it's good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, so I think this is important for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I, I think this, well, not I think, Scripture talks about this a lot. And we're going to look at some of the specific verses that relate to this because I, I, I think it's important. But so let me talk about resurrection because to me, resurrection, again, is what sold me on the idea. Resurrection is what sold me on the idea because um, Jesus, you got to look at Jesus' resurrection because his resurrection is the model for our resurrection, right? Do we agree with that? Jesus' resurrection is the model. So we look at what, what happens to Jesus happens to us because we're in Christ, right? So he is resurrected. And you look at Jesus at the, after the resurrection. And does he have a body? Yes. Can you touch it? Yes. Can you be touched by it? Yes. yes. So remember Thomas. Thomas sticks his fingers in, in, in the, the, the wounds, right? And he says, I'm not going to believe until I, I touch his, his wounds. Um, which is kind of gross, but he does that. He, he, he touches it. There's, there's a physicality to it. But Jesus also passes through walls. You remember that? Or he just manifests. Or he can hide his identity. 
You remember the whole road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. He's walking with these two unnamed disciples to Emmaus, and they're chatting with him, and he's basically like, well, what's up with you guys? And they're like, you haven't heard about everything that's been going on in Jerusalem? What, do you live under a rock? He's like, no, I haven't heard. Tell me. And uh, they don't recognize that he's the dude that just got crucified, buried, and then now he's obviously risen from the dead. But they didn't realize that's who that was. And they're walking with him, talking with him. And it's not until they break the bread that they're like, oh, that's Jesus. So he can, like, conceal and reveal his identity? Yeah, Linda. Another time when they, I think they were trying to find it, or I don't remember, but he just walked through a whole bunch of people. Yes. Just, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he wasn't hiding in the identity, but he no. melted in with the, melted in with the crowd. Yes. Yes. Because, um, yeah, he, he has a physicality to it. But he can also, like, like he transcends normally, normal bodily Thing. He can do things with his body that he couldn't have done with them before, given normal human limitations, right? And things that we certainly can't do with our bodies. I cannot walk through walls. If any of you can, I would love to hear the secret. Uh, I've always, you, well, I can walk into them very well. Um, for someone who's been walking so much, you think, yeah, what? Speed and momentum. Speed and momentum, yeah, maybe eventually. I could go through it, but I would just leave a hole like in the cartoons, you know? It's not really what I'm going for. Um, but I think this is important. Jesus has a, a, a body, right? And uh, here's something else. This morning, uh, I should have said this earlier. Pay no attention to the chairs yet. That'll come in later. Uh, A lot of fun for the sermon today. But um, we're going to talk about the ascension. I'll just go ahead and put the cards on the table there. And the ascension is such a key event in the life of Jesus. But question, does Jesus disembody whenever he ascends? Does his body like fall on the ground and then his spirit floats off into the heavens? No. Jesus is eternally incarnate. Resurrected incarnate. Sure, but incarnate, bound in body, forever male. So, for example, God the Father, we call him God the Father, but also God doesn't have gender, so you could say God the Mother, right? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not male nor female, but Jesus, Jesus is a male because he's eternally incarnate. Yeah, so they, they he has a body. Uh, dimensions, yeah, in different dimensions. Yes, that's always been something that intrigues me. It's trippy. As an engineer, <laughs> as an engineer. I, with faith and and you're only taught to believe what you can prove and touch yeah. and all that. There's a constant struggle with me. Sure. Uh, about that's my faith struggle. Sure. So it may sound nuts, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I always I think that so, some people think science and and faith are opposed. Are opposed, and yeah. I think they come together the more we. Know yeah. I think they complement each other. They complement each other. Right, like they're looking, they're focusing on different aspects. So there's this string theory. That yeah, string theory. About, and it, mathematically, it says that there are 11 dimensions. Yeah. And I always think, uh, okay, this is really weird, you know, and I'm thinking outside the box. <laughs> and, uh, and Going down so the rabbit like hole this morning. I want to meet up with you, you know, and I can only see you, I can hear you, maybe I can smell you. But, but only my senses are how I can perceive yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that if it's that there's something happening outside of what my senses could perceive, then I, I don't even know it's there. It's like if I was deaf uh-huh. and blind and someone could walk through the room and I wouldn't even know they were next to me, you know? Yeah. Right? So I can't, I can't see them. I can't sure. hear them. I can't, they could, it's like somebody sneaking up on you, you know? It's like sure. you're... So your your senses are based on the dimensions. So um, so if I want to meet you, 
I have to say, let's meet right here, which is an XY coordinate, which is three dimensions, in a time. We have to meet at a time because if I'm not there at the same time, yeah, you might be it doesn't matter. Spot, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't see you. I don't know you're there. Okay. It's weird, but yeah. If there's eleven other dimensions, dear we're all goodness, going to be going on around yeah. that we don't even perceive because we don't have the senses to perceive it, and we're not in the same dimension. We're not. Yeah in the space and time period that we meet and yeah. see each other. So, yeah. I mean, it's weird, I know. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's funny, like, there's a lot of talk, like, you see a lot of movies that talk about the the multiverse now, yeah. right? Like, that's a huge theme in, like, all the superhero movies yeah. and things. And there's actual scientists who actually believe that. That's yeah. interesting. But it, it's funny, I always just like to say, you know what? There's always more in heaven and earth than is dreamt of in my philosophy, right? So, I don't know what it looks like. Some of it sounds kind of wonky to me, but well, the, hey, the oh, we have a big God. Because it's like, yeah. every little decision you make. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, <laughs> well, I have a different view of time than but that, the, but yeah. But this, this thing of how easy it would be for things to, you know, angels or yeah, uh, things that we think of as being supernatural, mm-hmm. to me, it's just, we don't understand it. Yeah. It's natural yeah. by God's nature yeah. but we can't perceive it we can't yes. repeat it we can't understand it really Yeah. Um, but that I think that explains a lot to me as far, or at least opens up a, an area of oh okay I can, I can see where this might be scientifically possible yeah. as well as faith oh sure you know. yeah so they don't deny yeah used to we were like scientific naturalists Right. There's right. only this world, but now, now we're kind of scientific mystics, right? I mean, it's, I'm just, it's, I'm like, is that is that any more or less reasonable than some of the claims that we've historically? And they might even be compatible in some regards, but I'm just, you know, it's not even really that much crazy. But um, yeah, now how, how does this all shake out as far as that? I don't know. You're the engineer, so that's your, that's your. I'll do the theology. You do the math, and together maybe we'll come up with something. A fi- a physical, yeah. That's a whole other level. We need Sheldon uh, from Sheldon. Big Bang Theory for that. Yeah. So, since the internet's not really doing well, yeah. we need to use you as Google. Okay. So, uh, oh, dear. I'm not near as knowledgeable as Dr. Google. Incarnate. 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 Yeah. Incarnate. Incarnation. So, the physical body is going with him? Is that what that means? I think so. Okay, so... Then when we go, or we have our physical bodies going. Go where and when? See, so here's the thing. So this is, yeah, this is, that's a great question. This is all part of the debate. I think we get our timelines all, all screwy, okay? So did you notice on the, the thing, it, it showed the heaven and earth thing, and they're ripped apart, and it said, we always talk about going to heaven when we die, and it shows the little dude go, wee. Right. Do you see that? That's, the, that's where we stop the story. But that's not the, so uh, do you ever see those weird, uh, horror movies or hear about them final destination right which is like you're dying it's your final destination but as christians what's the final destination right what's the what's the this is once you get there there's not another place to go right you've reached the end okay we often say heaven yes yes but that's not that's not really a robust answer either right so heaven you could say heaven is just where god is and earth is just where we typically are but when we die, I think we'll go and be with him. So like Paul says in Philippians, it's better that I die because then I would go and I would be with Christ, which seems to say you'll go with Christ. Whenever you have the thief on the cross, he says, you'll be with uh, me in paradise. 
right? And, and, and implying some sort of. Um, so we're all going to fit in the Holy of Holies? Maybe. Well, Holy, so yeah, so that's interesting too. So the tabernacle is this overlap space, right? It's heaven on earth. And no, but it's like you got to read the book of Hebrews too, and that's a whole other rabbit hole. But if you read the book of Hebrews, it talks about like the heavenly Jerusalem and the heavenly temple. And Jesus is sacrificed in the earthly, the heavenly temple. And so it's like there's this whole multi, multi-dimension thing going on. It's, it's interesting. Um, let me say this. Oh, is it multi-dimensional? Is it? <laughs> Thank you, Alan. We'll get there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're going to read some texts, I promise. This isn't just Andrew's random theories. We're going to, you know, actually read like the Word of God. Crazy idea. But um, are we, so here's the question we've got to start with. Are we going to be resurrected? Do you believe you will be resurrected from the dead? Yes. Okay. That's a core tenet of our faith, right? But how does that jive with going to heaven when we die? Because then that would mean that you're coming out of heaven. Well, it depends on what you mean by heaven. Again, we're, we're playing, we haven't gone very robust and haven't been very depthy with our answer about what heaven is, right? Heaven is not a static reality. Heaven is a dynamic reality. It's not static as in this is heaven. It's this space place right there, like down the street. You can go walk into the, the gathering church building and be in a physical, it, it's, it's more dynamic than that, right? Because it's where God is. And God is, is God here? God's everywhere. So then everywhere is heaven, but then it's, but then it's not. So it gets trippy. Again, are we going to be resurrected? Yes, I, I think so. That's a, that's a core, key Christian confession. Jesus was raised, and so we will be raised. That's our hope. And so if we're raised, we're going to be raised bodily. A spiritual body, Paul says, but a body. And so we have to have some space to inhabit. Uh, one of my favorite uh, authors, his name is N.T. Wright, wrote this wonderful book, Surprised by Hope. Um, it's a, it's a depthy book, but it's a popular level book as well. And this is the world's renowned New Testament scholar. I mean, this dude's brilliant. Okay. Um, and he says, uh, that we should say resurrection is not life after death. Resurrection is life after life after death. Did you pick that? So life after death would be, you're still alive when you die, but get this. Basically, every world religion ever has held some belief in life after death. That's not unique. That's not at all unique to the Christian confession. Uh, there are some who have believed not quite life after death, as we would say, it, like a personal, like I'm still Andrew, but maybe I'm like absorbed into the universe or something, more kind of like an Eastern perspective. But, but still, they believe some sort of life after death, and, and there are others who have some sort of personal existence after death. That's not a really unique Christian claim. A unique Christian claim, and Jewish claim, by the way, Jews believed this before Christians did. There's hints of this in the Old Testament. It's not life after death. It's life after life after death that you will be resurrected. In other words, it's like Eden 2.0. What would happen if we got this thing right from the beginning? Uh, there's a, a brilliant book by C.S. Lewis uh, called Paralandra. It's a novel in his Space Trilogy series. Yeah, C.S. Lewis wrote sci-fi, and it's awesome. You should totally read it. Paralandra, this, just don't even read the first one. Uh, you should, that's great, but just go to the second one. It's changed my view of heaven forever. It's excellent. But in that, he's basically like going to Venus, uh, the planet Venus, and it's as if uh, they have a, a primordial couple, right? So they're Adam and Eve on Venus, and it's as if they got it right. It's as if they didn't succumb to the, the tempter. And he, the, the main character has this realization where he says, you know, really, 
as humanity, we never even took the first step. We were, we, 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 before we even could take our first step, we were hindered. We hindered ourselves, handicapped ourselves. So then at the resurrection, what do we do? We start learning to walk. Does that make sense? Um, that, that, that blew my mind. It's, it's not life after death. I think it's life after life after death. I know that sounds wonky, and that's not the way we typically talk about it. But it's not opposed to the other stuff we believe. So like some people are like, so you don't think we go to heaven when we die? Of course I do. But what is heaven, right? It's just where God is. And we see the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. We see heaven and earth becoming one again. Just like Eden. Well, Eden was Lord, that overlap. Space. In the Lord's Prayer, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So it's kind of this yes. Make, make it melded. Yes. Things, so yes, I agree. And, that, and you think about when he, they asked him, How do we pray? So he's going to include the most important things. Yes. And that was the one he chose that was yes. the most important. Yes. It's, and that's like the center of that prayer, too. Right. It's, yeah. Yes. That's a whole, yeah, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that is what will be. I believe that is what will be. A lot of the people's ideas or their interpretation of what life after death or what Mm -hmm. the second coming will be or that type of thing is very hard to even visualize. And I think it's silly for us to separate ourselves faith-wise of things by what we think is going to happen because I would say we're not able to understand. Yeah. We may have glimpses or concepts yeah. or thoughts or we'll know it when you see sure. it. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll know Hopefully it when I see it. Hopefully we'll know it when we see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jesus came, a lot of people didn't know it. Yeah. You know, and so I think um, for us, it's silly for us to separate our our church body, you know, our, our faiths by what we think will happen in the future because yeah. that's so outside of our realm of understanding. It's by, defi- it's by definition indescribable, right. right? Like it hasn't happened yet and it's, in, it's indescribable. Yeah, um, it's kind of like all the debates about... Is, is very much... I mean, he's trying to explain something that's yeah. outside of our understanding, so it seems very... Sure. Dragons and... Wonky. Oh, crazy. Yeah, dragons. Dragons but, and but beasts. And, that's the only, yeah. you know... Symbolism that you can yeah. state to, to explain something that sure. is not humanly understandable. Yeah, they always use the word like. Yeah. Well, it's like this, but it's like that. They're attempting to describe what is indescribable, right? Like they're, they're attempting to put their finger on something that they can't quite put their finger on. They're like, it's sort of like that, but it's sort of like this. Yeah, it, it, blows our, it blows our perceptions, right? Um, I, I want to say this too. Um, I fear that our, our understanding of heaven is... In, is informed more by the ancient Greek philosopher Plato than it is by the Bible. Have you heard of Plato? I fear we have Christian Platonism. And that, that really scares me. Because Platonism is like this strict dualism between body and soul. Where it's like body bad, earth and matter bad, spirit good. And we're just trying to be freed of this body so we can float off and become part of it. And I'm like, have you read Genesis? God says it was very bad and let's just escape it and then burn it to the ground. We'll talk about that in a minute too, the burning to the ground thing. I, I think we can, there's better readings of that. But um, yeah, I, I, I fear that we get that more from Plato than we do the Bible because the Bible doesn't say that our bodies are bad. 
It says they're limited. They're not complete. And it actually doesn't even, it, it doesn't say that they're bad. It, it, it says they are limited, but that eventually will be, they'll be renewed. That they'll be like restored. Uh, again, I like that image. We haven't even taken the first step yet. Adam and Eve didn't get to take the first step. Rhonda, please. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that one's always fun. Is that kind of like we die, we go to paradise, and then later we go to heaven? That's the way I always... Sure. Uh, um, it depends on what you mean by heaven. Okay. Heaven is where God is. Right. right? So I don't think, I, I think once we die, you're never going to be separated from God. Oh, okay. I, I don't think so. But, for example, will you be... Um, so like in Revelation, for example, you see the spirits under the throne crying out to God. How long, O Lord, before you bring us justice? It's the people who've been martyred. And they're like, how long, O Lord? Meaning we don't like being floating around like spirits. We want to have bodies again. And so whenever the new heavens and new earth, it's that perfect unity again. And so you're with God, but you're with God in some senses even more fully than you are now or that you would. So it's, it's a progression, right? Are we with God now? Yes, but not in as full a measure as we would like, right? After death, are you with God? Yeah, but not in as full a measure as you're going to get whenever you're resurrected and you're fully, your, your body and spirit are fully integrated the way I think they were in Eden and the way they're meant to be. And then you're going to become, every, I think I'll become everything Andrew was always meant to be because Andrew never even took a first step. I'm learning, I'm, I'm training, I'm, I'm in that path, right? I'm learning, but I, I haven't actually taken the first step. Okay, so what was the, is that helpful? Okay. Second question is, if our body needs to be resurrected, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> if you're Eastern Orthodox, the answer is no. Uh, I believe, is it Orthodox? Do you, have you heard this? I think it's Orthodox. I know Maybe Catholics? Catholics are allowed to. I don't know about Orthodox Catholics didn't used to be allowed to. They are now, I think. Right? They didn't used to be, but they, they changed that. I, don't th- I think Eastern Orthodox Church actually says you can't cremate. I think they still say that. Because of the, because of the resurrection. I say, uh, you're, A, you're going to disintegrate anyway. So I don't think that prohibits the, the resurrection. It's my take. Yeah. I don't know what an Orthodox brother or sister would say about that. Love to ask him, but I don't have any Orthodox friends at the moment. So, do you know somebody who's an Eastern Orthodox priest? Please introduce me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex. Yeah, go for it. If they die in a crash and it burns up, yeah, right. That means so many people that were in war or yeah. or drowned in the sea. I believe that we serve a God who can reconstitute, right? Like he he brings the the people back from the dry bones, right? You know, so. From dust to dust, right? So like, like, like you are more, don't get me wrong. You're more than your body, right? But you're not less than your body. And I, I do not like this quote. This is also attributed to C.S. Lewis, I think, unfortunately, where he says, you're not a body with a soul. You're a soul with a body. I say, that's a stupid distinction. You're a body and soul. <laughs> I think that's a stupid, because you are a rational body. Like, like you're not going to tell me this isn't me. This is me. There, there's more to me than this, I hope. But this is also, in some sense, me, right? Anyway. So what about the third heaven? <laughs> now we're getting into biz- biblical cosmology. So, and that's a whole other. Yeah. Well. <sighs> that would be what we think of as heaven. Heaven. The third heaven would be what we think of as heaven. Heaven. The the first heavens then would just be the skies. The second heavens would be the waters above, or what we now would call outer space. And the third heaven would be heaven. What we think of as angels, gold, God, throne, 
Wow, that. Pearly gates, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, And Paul says he was caught up to the third. Well, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And, and if heaven is a dimension and not a, it's a place, but it's more than a place, right? It's more than a space. But if it's a dimension, then we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, which means, which means what? I don't know. What does that mean? Do we have a foot there? Well, we have like a foot in both worlds? Oh, I think we certainly have a foot in both worlds. I would love to say it that way. I think heaven is slowly infiltrating. This language of the kingdom of God is at hand is the language of like the king is coming to conquer and it's slowly infiltrating. So you might as well just, you might as well just join us because it's inevitable. The, the consequences are, you might as well just join us because it's coming. And so heaven is, and, and you see heaven coming to earth in Revelation 21, 22. You see coming to earth. We always talk about going there. That's before the end end, the final destination, the, the last thing. I know we get scared talking about timelines because there's some wonky stuff out there, but, uh, but the timeline, you got to get some sense of a general timeline. To digress a little bit, the Catholic, oh dear. Catholic Kirk Church has the Holy of Holies in their, in their altar. Yeah. Which is very interesting. You know, I've always said if you want to go to a Jewish, an ancient Jewish service, go to the Catholic Church. They do the incense. Yeah, they have a lot of Yeah. Then only the priest can go in there. Well, when he pronounces the Eucharist becomes in Catholic theology, it is the body and blood of Christ, which means if there's some left over and, uh, you know, you're just passing through the sanctuary to get to your office on the other side, you have to stop, offer active worship to, to Christ. He's, Christ is in there and then keep going. And so it's because that's, that's it's not it's not like the body and blood of Christ. It's not he's there in a special way that he's not the rest of the week. That is Christ. He's in there. Yeah. He said, this is my body. I don't see why we can't reinstate that we bring it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think Alex was kind of starting to say that I think the Holy Spirit is the element of God that glues. I think the element of God that leaks into yeah. our dimension. Oof. Uh, leaks into our dimension. Yeah. It's kind of Listen like God dwells, dwelling in us, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, it, it's like, whoa, that's... Really heavy. <laughs> it's mystical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it defies our logical explanations. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we shouldn't attempt to put some words to it. Because yeah. the biblical authors attempt. It's like this, but it's like that. But ultimately, it's just an attempt to describe that which is beyond us. Is this the one that we that you shared with me? Probably. I think so. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, okay, I didn't get to the text. Because I, and I, I anticipated this might be a multiple. It's a chance for people to uh, spill out what is going on. Yeah. Well, here. and I think you guys have thought about some of this before too, right? Like you, like you, you hear the, the logical inconsistency of we go to heaven when we die and then we're where we're going to be, but then we're going to be resurrected. And I think Rhonda's question to paraphrase uh, a potential like, uh, and if I'm mis- misquoting this, let me know. But like, I would, like in my heart, it would be a potential like worry of that is, so I'm ripped out of heaven? I thought that was the goal, right? Like, and now I'm resurrected? Like, no, like, it's, it's a fuller measure. Like, that's, that's what you want. You're not ripped out of heaven to be resurrected. Like, you want to be resurrected. That's the, the final destination. We'll look at some texts next week and actually talk about this. But, you know, you're talking about us not being the spirit in a body. The, the spirit is the real thing. The body is kind of like it. Yeah, I don't like that. 
And the idea of a, it's a vessel, you know, there's yeah. the concept of it as being a vessel. And I always kind of thought of a caterpillar and a cocoon. Like, it, there's a true transformation between two totally different things, but they're the same, they, they were the same entity or whatever. Same DNA. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I've always thought about that as, as like in death, you know, we, we're sad about death, and, but we should, we should think of it as the caterpillar being transformed and that type of thing, but I'm not sure mm. that holds I don't like that. Water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so like I get nervous whenever I hear people like trying to say death is a good thing. No, no, I think, I think like, but I've, I've heard people say that before. Like, well, it's a good thing because they're going to be with Christ. And I'm like, well, yes, they're going to be with Christ, but that's like a consolation, right? Like well, that's not what you want. Like you want to be alive. It doesn't. It's a good thing. Paul says, Andrew, he says it's better that you go and be with Christ. But I'm saying we talk about death, like death itself is a good thing. Being with Christ is the best thing. That's the good thing, well, but the death is not a good thing. It's not that it's not a good thing. It's that it doesn't address the it doesn't address the pain that we're going through. Yeah. In other words, yes. It doesn't address what's left behind in the pain. Yes. And and I think there is something to be said. Of, do the other caterpillars all sit around and go, "Where did Joe go?" Joe <laughs> around is a beautiful butterfly, yeah. but they're all sad that Joe's left. You know. Yeah. I I kind of. I don't know, in a very yeah. simplistic way. I, I think the job of the Christian community at the Christian funeral is to say, hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Like on a fundamental level, I think that's our job. Like, hey, this is not the way it's supposed to be. There was no death. Our God is good. Right. And so this is not the final word. Hallelujah. But this is also not the way it's supposed to be. And we have hope that one day things will be the way it's supposed to be. Right. I think that's our fundamental like claim when it comes. Last word, Alex. Would you mind emailing out some of those Sure, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. And I was going to say this. I said I would say this, and then I got carried away, as I often do. Uh, I bought this beautiful, uh, wonderful workbook by the Bible Project on Amazon. Don't buy it. It's free for download on their website. And I can give you. I, I made a short link, a Bitly, uh, and I can share that with you if you would, if you're interested. You can take a picture out of my notebook and copy that link down. But it, th- this whole thing is downloadable for free. I bought this on Amazon. I was so excited. I got it in the mail. First page. This workbook is made by the Bible Project. A free download of this workbook is available on our website because of the generous support of people like you. Yeah, generous support because I done bought it. <laughs> Grr. But I couldn't find I knew they had something like that, but I could not find it on their website. So it's fine. But now I know where it is and I can send you to it. One last rabbit hole. Oh! Okay, what? No, we're not going there. <laughs> no. I, so here's the thing. Uh... No, I'm not even opening that rabbit hole right now. We can, we can, I, I can share my thoughts on it. I don't mind, but the, the, I don't have time. So let me pray, and then let's uh, get ready for church. Our glorious Father in heaven, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we give you thanks. We give you praise. You are good, and you are beautiful. And we just pray as we behold you, the good and beautiful God, that we would be a good and beautiful community who live good and beautiful lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, your good and beautiful son. Amen.